Come on, can you smile at somebody, greet somebody, say good morning to somebody as you grab a seat today? Thank you so much, worship team. Thank you so much. I want to say good morning to our online campus watching today from all over the world. We see you. We're so glad you're commenting. We love seeing you in the comments. Love when you share our services. It's an easy way to invite people to church. You just share that Facebook post, and it's amazing. Uh, the living rooms uh, and iPads and iPhones and Androids that it just shows up on. Uh, welcome to church. Happy long weekend, everybody. Uh, so glad you're here. The sun showed up here in Halifax today. It's always a treat when it does. Uh, I dressed for 17 degrees and cloudy. Uh, and it's not 17. It's like really hot and really sunny, but it's okay. Um, but we're glad you're here today. We started last week really excited about this series. And uh, it's interesting. We do a lot of series here at Nova. But last week, there seemed to be a real excitement even in the church over this series. And there's a real shift happening in um, the kingdom of God and really in churches where we've seen, if, you do any, if you've seen any studies, if you've seen any statistics, and I'm in the church world, so I, I look at a lot of that, a lot of people never made it through their faith in COVID. And in the middle of COVID, when gyms stopped operating and restaurants stopped feeding and travel stopped, people stopped with church. And in the middle of that, many people walked away from their faith. At the same time, there's something amazing that was happening of people that were on a journey to find God, people that were hungry for more than just the gyms and the restaurants and the travel and their own thing. They accelerated, and we have so many people coming to church. COVID is an accelerator. I don't know if you know that. It's an accelerator. It speeds things up. Things that were unhealthy got unhealthy faster. Businesses that were already almost not going to make it financially because they were on the cusp, they just they, they end it quicker. Uh, people that were adapting, that, had a, that, that were uh, growing, it grew faster. And we found this, that people that were hungry for God, they didn't know what was going on. They just felt this draw for more. It accelerated their need for something more than just a nine to five, more than just social clubs, more than just uh, travel, more than just stuff. And we've seen so many people come to church. In the middle of that, uh, we want to help you as a church to grow your faith. And we started this series on the kingdom of God. Jesus talks about it uh, in the New Testament. It's mentioned over 160 times. Uh, in Matthew alone, over 50 times. It's the central theme of Jesus' life message. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Kingdom of heaven kingdom of God. If Jesus was about it, so are we. If Jesus talked about it, so will we. If Jesus thought it was central, so do we. And we're going to learn as a church, whether you've been in this for a while or you're new, what does it mean to be a part of the kingdom of God? We started this series called Borders. And so many countries have borders that you have to go over, and inside there, they're their own culture. It's their own system. There is benefits, and there are laws. And the kingdom of God has Borders, and we're starting week two today. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter six. I encourage you to bring your Bible to church. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles we want to give you out at the guest central wall. Just take a Bible. We'd love to bless you with a Bible. Um, we believe in reading Bibles, and um, if I encourage you to put a habit in, get a Bible. And some of you at your iPhone, great with that. Uh, I like a paper Bible. There's something about it, writing in it, marking it up. I love marking up my Bible. I don't know if I've ever even showed you my notes before and my, the way I do things, but I just like highlighting and leaving sticky notes. And then I just I was taught if you have a messy Bible, you probably don't have a messy life. And uh, it's the truth. So something about it. 
Yeah, singles, listen, you want to find, you want some app, you can swipe left, swipe right, all that. You listen, you want to find someone, uh, go, go look at their notes in their Bible. If they got a messy Bible, they probably don't have a messy life. Just as free, that's just free, by the way. One thing I fell in love with my wife is she got a messy Bible. And uh, I have a messy room on my side of the bed, anyway, my side of the room. Um, we're, if, you're, if you're married in this room and you're married to a mar- messy person, can you just raise your hand? Okay, you're too scared to admit that. All right. I am the messy one in our home. Matthew chapter 6. Last week, I recapped our first message in this series on borders. I was talking about the invitation of God. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that we are to build the kingdom of God. Nowhere does it say we're to advance the kingdom of God. Nowhere is it said that we have to make it happen. And sometimes uh, in churches, we feel like we have to make it happen. We have to make people come to church. We have to go make things happen. We have to advance it. We have to promote it. No, nowhere in Scripture. It simply says, accept the invitation and enjoy it. Obey and enjoy it. And last week, we talked about the invitation. There's an invitation. Jesus said to the disciples, follow me. It was an invitation. It wasn't a command. Follow me. And they chose. Some chose and some didn't. And some chose to follow. And I want to remind you today, whether you've, you've, you've accepted the invitation or you've heard it, that the kingdom of God is an invitation into his kingdom. Um, it's a beautiful invitation. I'm so thankful my life has changed when I accepted the invitation to follow God. It's an invitation for everyone. It's an invitation for you. Today, I want to start reading in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus speaking here again. Uh, sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon uh, of all time. There's so much truth. We could spend lifetimes unpacking the truths in this. But in Matthew chapter 6, I want to read a few verses, starting in verse 25. This passage of scripture frustrates me. I don't know if the Bible frustrates you. If you don't, it doesn't frustrate you, you're probably not reading it. it frustrates. This is one of those passages that frustrates me. And uh, he starts off, he says, This is why I tell you, in verse 25, not to worry about everyday life. <laughs> Easier said than done. Can someone say amen today? I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food. And drink, or enough clothes to wear, or gas in your tank. I put that in there. That's not in there. I just added that in. If you have enough petrol points to buy a fuel. Life isn't life more than food, and your body more than clothing. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest uh, or store food in barns, yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't they more valuable to Him? Um, aren't, aren't you far more valuable to Him than, than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Verse 28. And why worry about your clothing? Look at all the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work uh, to make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory, talk about the Solomon, the richest king of all time, how he had all this stuff. But you know what? They're not, Solomon wasn't even as beautiful or as taken care of as nature. goes on and says this in verse 31. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, and what will we wear? For these things dominate your thoughts. It's amazing how we haven't changed much in thousands of years. Still worried about stuff. It says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. All. That word all means all. Above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Verse 34. So don't worry. Sounds like a Bob Marley song to me. That's all I hear in my head. Don't worry about a thing. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Today, as we continue this series on borders, I want to talk on this title. You'll see it behind me, Supply Chain. Supply Chain. I believe today's going to encourage you. 
I believe today you're going to leave here with a better understanding and focus on the kingdom of God, your part in it, and what God has provided for us. Amen. Let's pray one more time. God, thank you for today. Thank you for everyone that's here. We're asking God now that these scriptures would come alive. This would be more than just text, more than just words. We're asking for life change. We're asking for destinies to be altered. We're asking for choices to be made. Father God, for your kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done in this moment on earth as it is in heaven. Father, thank you for your help. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Supply chain. I've never heard that term as much as I have in the last six months. Supply chain. There seems to be a lack everywhere. Have you noticed this? It started before the pandemic with helium. I didn't know that was a thing. Remember this? Helium was a thing. We couldn't get enough helium. I remember we wanted balloons for something. I didn't know helium um, was a thing, but it was a, a shortage of helium. Now there is a supply chain is broken in multiple places. Some it's COVID, some it's wars in Ukraine. Uh, whatever the reason is, there's a problem with supply chain globally. Remember when that, stick, that, that, that ship got stuck in the canal? Remember that? That seems like a decade ago, and it, it altered the supply chain of goods coming to North America. Now globally, they're talking about the supply chain is broken and that it's backed up and it's not working. Fuel. Fuel, that's one of the reasons why fuel costs have gone so high. I sound so old and so do you now when we say things like, I remember when fuel was a dollar or something. That sounds the exact same way to our kids as when our parents said, I used to go to a show for a nickel. Remember those days? Remember when you hear that? Come on, some of you are, are at that age. But my generation, my father would say, I remember, you know, we were making $1.25 a, a, an hour. I'm like, what? You know, I'd bring home $46 a week. I remember we'd go to a show, uh, a movie and a show, and get a, and get a malt milkshake for a quarter. You know, I'm like, how old are you? And now I feel that old. I'm like, I remember growing up when gas was like 70 cents a liter. I remember filling my first car, 60 cents a liter. And my son goes, uh, during COVID, it was down to that level. I'm like, I know. There's a problem with the supply chain, the gas lack of fuel right now. We're saying things like technology, the parts on technology. We can't get the right parts even for cars, new dealerships. There's no cars on their, on their showrooms or on their parking lots. And I don't know if you've tried to rent a car anywhere in North America recently. In Halifax, there's no rental cars. You cannot rent a car. Someone in our church, I think it was Brittany, had a, a car accident. Um, was not her fault. She's a responsible driver. But someone, um, but she, you know, her insurance pays for a rental car. And they said, we can't get you one because there's no rental cars. In fact, just heard yesterday, used car dealerships are now renting their cars out as rental cars because there is a supply uh, demand, there's a shortage in the supply chain for rental cars because of technology parts. Houses. I'm not even going to go there today. There's a lack of houses and housing costs have gone up and people have moved in and because of the people moving into our city and there's lack of houses and people cannot find a reasonably placed home and there's people that are displaced and, and people that are, are in a rough place today because of the lack of housing. Supply chain. Avocados. This is a big deal. Millennials, where are you at? There's a problem with getting enough avocados right now. What are millennials going to do? What are they going to put on their toast? There's no avocados. <laughs> Apparently, there's a global shortage of avocados. does not affect me personally, but some in this room, I know who you are. It's a big deal. You know what else is a big uh, shortage right now is labor, workers. It's actually, I've never seen anything like it in my life where there are signs at, at, at fast food and places saying hiring on the spot, interviews on the spot. I was in Bears Lake at a, at a drive-thru, and it says we'll do interview and hire you on the spot. We're hiring more than minimum wage. Just come in. We need help. I got an email on Thursday. I was out with my friend Greg this week. We were talking about it. and 
uh, an airline, Air Canada, emailed all their people, and I got this email, and I've never seen an email like this in my life. The, basically, the, the, the base of the email was, hey, people are traveling so much, which is what they want, they're an airline, we don't have enough workers to handle it, so we're actually going to help you not travel by getting rid of flights. That's what they said. We can't handle the volume. We're going to remove flights and planes and routes because we cannot keep up with our workers, so we're going to get rid of flights. I've never heard of That's like being a grocery store saying we're going to take all the food and hide it out back because we don't want you to shop so much. But they can't handle it. If you've been in an airport in the last three months, you know it is insane right now trying to fly. Uh, that's why I just come to church, and we're here. And uh, you don't need to go anywhere. We're just here. But there's a problem with the supply chain. Then there's this term that comes out of all of that called the cost of living. I don't know if it's true. I just read this yesterday that, that the average Canadian, you just, because of cost of living, your life last year compared to this year is $5,000 more expensive. Whether you got a raise or not, your life is $5,000 more expensive last year, this year than last year, the cost of living. And that term alone causes anxiety and worry. But then Jesus speaks to it. I want to talk about the kingdom of God today and talk about uh, the supply chain, cost of living, worry, and what Jesus has to say about it. I want to start and talk today. I want to teach you today what the kingdom of God, what does it look like? What is supplied? What is in the, the chain supply, the supply chain for the kingdom of God? We're talking about the kingdom of God. Jesus said it's here. He said, pray for it. Uh, I'm welcoming it. You can, an invitation to come into it. What is the kingdom of God? Kingdom of God, what's supplied? Miracles. I believe in miracles, you holy thing. I believe in miracles. Miracles and healing. It says in Luke 10, 9 that he provides healing. What else is provided in the kingdom of God? What's supplied? It's lawful, it's structured, and it's orderly. It says in Isaiah 33, verse 22, For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king. It is he who will save us. In the kingdom of God, you know what's supplied? Salvation. Saved. That's what's supplied in the kingdom of God. What else is supplied in the kingdom of God? Everything that is good. Everything that is peaceful. Everything that is joyful. It says in Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness, of peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So what's good? I have a whole list under good. Good is the opposite of bad. Bad. What's bad? Hunger is bad. Abuse is bad. Loneliness is bad. Shame is bad. Fear is bad. The kingdom of God is the opposite of all those things. It is good. It's also peace. We're living in a season and a time where peace is something we all want for, we want to strive for. It's the opposite of strife and being tormented. And some of you, you're not even thinking about peace in the Ukraine. You need peace in your mind. You're tormented by regrets and thoughts and relationships. And the Bible says the kingdom of God is peace. It also says the kingdom of God is joy which is the opposite of darkness and heaviness. And some of you, you haven't felt joy for a long time. You, have, you don't laugh, you don't joy, there's no lightness in your spirit. But the kingdom of God says there is no shortage of supply, there is no brokenness in the, in the supply chain. He is more than enough of joy. Let me ask you tonight, how much, today, how much joy do you have in your life? How much joy do you have in your life? The kingdom of God is full of joy. Jesus in Matthew 6 is teaching about the kingdom of God. He says, don't worry. In fact, in verses 25, 31, and 34, he commands it three times. He doesn't say, maybe you shouldn't. Let me invite you to not. He says, hey, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. He commands it three times. I've learned this. Saying don't worry doesn't help at all. It's like telling your five-year-old, don't do something. Like Just saying it doesn't do anything. 
Saying not to worry for someone who has dealt with panic attacks and anxiety, when someone says, just breathe, it does not help when you're having a panic attack. I was reminding last week how I had a panic attack on stage when you guys were worshiping behind the curtain one week. I had a rough week a couple years ago. I remember having a panic attack and someone going, just breathe, does not help. Jesus says, don't worry. I'm like, Jesus, thank you so much. Does not help at all. Let me help you today and talk to you about the supply chain of peace that God has for you. Kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 25. Jesus in the NIV version, I love this. He says, he starts, there's a key here in verse 25 about not worrying. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. And he goes on and talk about it. But I love this in the NIV. I'm not sure if we have it on the screen, but it says this. It says, therefore. Now, I grew up, I was always taught uh, in Bible college by my teachers that whenever in Scripture you see a therefore, you need to ask yourself, what is it therefore? That there's something that happened just before that part, that teaching, that, that Jesus or the author wants you to go back, that that verse, that truth, that command is there because of what happened just before it. Therefore, whenever you see a therefore, you've got to go back and go, what did he just say? Because whatever he said made a point for him to go, therefore, and bring out. Jesus goes, therefore, do not worry. So what was happening just before verse 25? this kingdom of God. He's teaching on the kingdom of God and its endless supply chain of righteousness, peace, and joy, and salvation, and miracles, and healing, and the kingdom of God blesses, and forgiveness, and salvation. And he goes, therefore, well, you have to go back to verses 21, but I want to focus on verse 24 today. And just before he says, don't worry, he says, therefore, and the verse just before that is in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 6. Watch what Jesus says here. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate one, hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, the better word for money there is actually a word called mammon, and it's not just money. It actually, the better translation is stuff or anything material, eating or drinking or driving or anything that you can stuff. It says that God says you cannot serve both God and stuff. What he's saying is you can't serve God and also serve another king. You can't serve a God of stuff, a God of, of influence, a God of, of materialism, a God of economy. He goes, before he says don't worry, he says the first thing you've got to know is you cannot serve two masters. That you have, you'll either love one and hate the other, you'll serve one and, or rebel from the other, but you cannot serve God and another master in the kingdom of God. In order not to worry, you got to back up and realize, where is your heart? Jesus isn't just saying, don't, be wor- don't worry. That wouldn't be helpful. He's actually getting to the root of worry, which is your heart. See, all through Scripture, Jesus talks about the heart, and he saw the heart as the center of everything. It says, in one part of Scripture, it says, when the heart is sick, Hope is deferred, that out of the heart flows the issues of life, that the heart is the center. And what Jesus is doing is getting back, listen, worry is the repercussion, worry is the symptom, but beyond that, the root of it, the center of it is the heart. And a divided heart will cause worry. In verse 24, he says, no, no, you got to make sure your heart is solely focused, solely loyal, and in one kingdom, not divided, and if your heart is Truly after God, serving God, then you have no need to worry. The heart guides life. 
The heart shows you your master. Where your heart is shows your master. I'm not going to unpack it. He goes through it and says, in this scripture, he talks about where your treasure is. That's where your, your heart is. And what you value is where your, 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 your energy is put and your loyalty is put. Jesus is teaching us again that there's no such thing as dual citizens in the kingdom of God. I, I grew up in my late teens and early 20s, and I would travel to England quite a bit. And, and I had a friend named Matt, and we would travel together. And Matt uh, was a dual citizen between the UK and Canada. And I remember always being jealous of Matt when we traveled, because when we traveled, he had the benefit of being a dual citizen, which means he was born in Devon, England, but he grew up in Bedford, Nova Scotia, and because he lived in both countries, he was a citizen of both. He was a dual citizen. So when we would arrive at Heathrow Airport in London, I'd wait in the long line for those outside of the UK, but he had, I think it was a green passport, or maybe it was a burgundy passport, he would fly right through the line. Why? Because he was coming home. He was a UK, an English citizen. I loved it because he could work in both places. I, I lived in the UK for a bit, and I couldn't work. I couldn't get paid to work. I didn't have the right visa. But he could get a job anywhere he wanted, both in Canada and in England, because he was a dual citizen. He was so good, he could actually turn on the accent depending where he lived. His parents were English, so he grew up with an English accent at home. So he could, you, he could talk, and you would think he was from Cornwall, England. Or if he talked the way he, I heard him talking most of his life, you would think he was from Bedford, Nova Scotia, he was a dual citizen. He, he could work here or there. He could enter easily. But the kingdom of God is not like that. The kingdom of God is not like that. You were born to a kingdom of sin, your authority, but you've been invited into the kingdom of God. Please don't miss this. You need to choose where your citizenship and where your loyalty lays. You can't have dual citizenship and serve two kings. You can't serve God and serve yourself. That's what Jesus is saying here. He said, we're talking about supply chain. You're talking about, listen, you're worried about what you're going to eat and drink and how you're going to figure stuff out, and you get all this worry. He's like, the root of it, before you, you're asking for me to help your supply chain, we've got to go back to your heart and go, first of all, what kingdom do you live in? What border have you crossed to make your home? You can't serve two masters. You can't live in two things. You can't expect to cross the border into the kingdom of heaven on a Sunday and shop for what you want and then cross back across the border to where you are king on Monday and enjoy the stuff of heaven. You can't shop for peace, joy, forgiveness, and provision, and then use it in your kingdom when you have supply chain issues. See, I, 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 so many people are like, I'm going to do what feels good, what I want on Saturday, I'm going to enjoy myself in the club on Saturday night, and then you come to church on Sunday. I'm not talking to nobody in this room right now. You come to church on Sunday full of guilt and shame and regret. And you're like, I need, I, need, I need some peace. I need some forgiveness. I need the shame to come off of me. I need some joy. God, forgive me. And we come in and we shop for what we want here. But then we try to export it back to where we are king during the week. Some of us, you put some money in the offering thinking you're going to get a blessing in this kingdom that you can take over to where you are king and God's going to provide for your needs where you are king and you don't serve Jesus on Monday, Tuesday through Saturday. That's not the way the kingdom of God works. You can't put money in the offering in this kingdom and hope it's going to bless your kingdom. That's not the way this works. And some people go, I don't understand. I come to church. I come and do my thing. Why is my life full of worry and regret and pain? And why am I in lack? It's because you're trying to export something where you don't live. You're trying to be a dual citizen. Crossing borders to only get stuff to bring home, that kind of living is called a vacation. And Jesus is after immigration. 
We have so many people that they're living on vacation going duty-free. I'm just, how much can I declare? I just need to get enough. I'm going to cross the border and fill my tank. I'm going to get this new clothes. This cheaper over here. It's more of it over here. We don't have this kind of store in Canada. We don't have that brand over here. We can't go to Target in Canada. I'm going to go to Target in the USA. I'm going to fill up my stuff and then come back. And that's called the vacation. Jesus says, no, no, I'm not looking for a vacation that you come to church on Sunday to get what you need and then bring it back into your life where you're king and your boss. He says, I don't want a vacation. I want immigration. I want you to say, when I come in, I'm going under your laws and your blessing and your supply and your culture. I want to come into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says you can't be dual citizens. You can't have two hearts. You can't serve yourself and serve God. That's why some of us, uh, you you deal with so much shame and anxiety. Maybe some of it is because you're trying to go back and forth. And Jesus says, listen, I have more than what you need. There's no brokenness in my supply chain, but you've got to understand it's about a kingdom. It's about masters and in the borders of where you live. And you just can't take stuff here on a Sunday morning. It doesn't translate. And out these doors and make it fit in your kingdom. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. This is a turning point for Jesus followers. This is where we're at in the church. We're at this turning point, I believe, in the global church where people are going, you know what? Religion and church wasn't that important to me. And they are right. Others are going, no, 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 no. Church is what I do. Church is how I show. It's my community, but there's something even deeper. I get to show it. I get to enjoy it, but it's based on a deeper relationship. I'm in the kingdom of God, and Jesus is my king. And one of those expressions is church. Church is not your kingdom. It's an expression of your kingdom. And there is this turning point happening in the global church, and you feel it, don't you? You feel it. You're like, do I go to church? We didn't. Do I go to church? Do I watch online? Do I come in person? Is this important to me? Do I want to be a part of community? Do I want to be corrected and encouraged? Do I want to serve? Do I want to be a, people know my face and my name? Do I want to do life together? And we're, there's this thing happening, and I think part of it is, is a drawing of a border going, you need to know, you, you can only have one citizenship. That's where we're at. That's the deep stuff. That's the beginning. That's the maturing. For a long time, saint and new people, that's it. It's the kingdom of God saying, who is king of my life? That's it. There's nothing deeper than that. That is the hard part. That's what I'm wrestling with. After over 40 years of serving Jesus as a child on, I still wrestle with who's king of my heart, who's king of my life. That's it. That's the deep stuff. What am I going to get? There's nothing deeper than that. There's nothing more beginning than that. That is everything. That is the beginning and the end. That is everything. Is who am I devoting my life to? Which kingdom do I live in? Who corrects me and who blesses me? Who do, am I devoted to? Am I trying to just be on vacation? Or am I actually going to make immigration and say, the kingdom is my home? That is the war inside my life and it's the war inside your life. That is following Jesus. And there's a difference between showing up to church Whatever church that is, and going, okay, I'm just coming in, I'm visiting for an hour or two, and I'm going back into my life. And we wonder why it doesn't work. Because you cannot come into Canada and take the blessings of Canada back to where you're from. You need to immigrate to get the benefits of Canada. And the kingdom of God is the same way. There are benefits of the kingdom of God, but Jesus is saying you can't serve two masters. You have to choose. Our obeying unlocks his supplying. Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who calls out Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't know how else to read that. Let's read this. Look at this. 
Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. What Jesus is saying is, no posers allowed. You can wear the Canadian plaid, which we coordinated today, by the way, to match my sermon slide. You can dress like, I, this is what a stereotypical Canadian, it's not Canadian, but stereotypically, if you had to make fun of Canadians, this is what you would wear. You can, you can put a Canadian uh, flag on your, on, on, your back, on your jacket or on your backpack when you travel. You can say, hey, how's it going? Out in the boat, eh? You can, you can have the accent. <laughs> Just because you talk like it doesn't make you Canadian. It says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord. Not. Just because you say it right doesn't make it true. Wow. The only way you're actually part of the kingdom of heaven is if you do the will of my Father, which is, you say, no, no. He's, he's king. Do you see that there? That is everything. You, you get that, you, you don't need this every week. That's it. That's the battle. That's the fight. That is the blessing. That is the root. That is it. That's it. Our obeying unlocks his supply. Once we obey under his kingship, it's an endless supply chain. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's the battle. What I'm battling with in my life is submitting to Jesus, not on Sunday morning, but in every part of my thoughts, every part of my actions, every part of my spending, every part of my speaking, every part of my living, every part of my dreams. That's my, that's my challenge. That's my challenge, and it's probably yours. I want to show you this. We're going to close in a minute, but in Psalm 28, verse 7, we're going through the book of Psalms this summer, but Psalm 28, verse 7, it says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts. With my song I give him thanks. And I broke this down today, and I asked him to put this up. I want you to see the difference with obedience providing supply, that our obedience unlocks his supply. The Lord, which speaks to obedience. The Lord means master, boss, king. The Lord, he's my boss, he's my king. He tells me how to live my life. He's the one I follow. The Lord, obedience, is my strength and my shield. That's supply. If there's anything we're asking for today, if you came here, you're hoping for to leave here with a little more strength and a little more protection. God, I just pray for protection over my body. I don't get sick. I pray protection over my mind. It's been struggling. I pray for more strength. I'd be stronger in my relationships, stronger with my, with my, with my purpose, stronger with my following. We want the supply, but it's tied to the obedience. The Lord, obedience, is my strength and my shield, supply. In him, my heart trusts. That's obedience. When he tells you, I just trust you. I'll, I'll obey. What this says to do, I will do. When you trust, that's obedience. And when you, when you trust the obedience, then I am helped. That's the supply. And what does he help you with? To give thanks and supply and for help. Watch this, the next verse here. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Same thing. Our obedience unlocks his supply. But those who wait on the Lord, obedience shall renew their strength, supply. I've heard this verse sung in church, quoted all the time. We used to have these things called promise boxes on the back of the sink. Some of you grew up with this. Scriptures. I remember saying, oh, the, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. I remember my mother praying over me, you will run and not be weary. You'll be strong. You'll mount up above all those crows of negativity. You're like an eagle. You're going to soar. Everybody loves the promise of strength, but it's linked to obedience. It says, they that wait on the Lord, obedience, shall renew their strength, supply. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, which is supply. 
They shall walk and not faint, supply, but it starts with obedience. The kingdom of God, there is no bro brokenness in the supply chain. There is no cost of inflation. The cost of living has not gone up. The cost is still the same. Everything. Give you your life. That's it. People say, church wants my money. God wants my money. God does not want your money. Some of you, some of you have money. You're like, God wants my money. I don't want to give my God doesn't want your money. Keep your money. He wants more than your money. He wants your heart. He doesn't care about your, your, your savings or your your money in your, in your account. He doesn't care what check you make. The church doesn't need your money and God doesn't need your money. God wants your heart. So many people, they tip God, but they live their heart following another king. God goes, I don't care about tips and money. I don't need your stuff. I want your heart. And those that wait on the Lord with their heart obedient, he'll supply the strength that we need. And some of us, we're dealing with so many things and we've like, I just need some joy, some peace. I need some of this. And God goes, let's go back to your heart. Who are you serving when you're alone? Who are you serving in private? Who are you serving outside the four walls of religious establishments? Who is the king of your life? We sing that song, the king of my heart. Because the heart is everything. Today I want to pray for you in a moment with the prayer of obedience. That if you're areas in your life, there's areas in my life where I'm not obedient. I, I like to be a citizen of heaven on these moments, but not on these moments. And God says, no, no, you don't, you don't, you don't just take vacation back and forth. You need to immigrate. I need, to, I need to move into the kingdom of God with my whole life. Romans 14, 17. Let me remind you what he says, the kingdom of God. What does he supply? The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but it's living a life of goodness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I don't know you, sir. Ma'am, I may not know you, but I think we can unify on this. I need some more goodness in my life. I don't need any more bad things. I don't need another shoe to drop. I don't need another transmission to go. I don't need another crack in the foundation. I don't need another lump to appear. I don't need some more. I don't need anything bad. I need more good things. I need good relationships. I need good mental health. I need good community. I need, I need good things in my life. I need more peace. Nothing can disturb you more than strife in a relationship in your family and friends where there's a divide going. War and rumors of war nationally, but also in your own home. Joy. People are trying to smoke stuff for joy, drink stuff for joy, date things for joy. They're trying to find some new stimulus to help spark some kind of, I mean, if I could just think like I was when I was a teenager, if I could just get that, that, kinder, that relationship's not working, it's, it's tired and it's stale, I need something new and fresh to get me going again. And we're trying to manufacture the feeling of happiness. And the Bible says that there is no supply chain uh, 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 break. There is no lack of, in the kingdom of God, there's goodness and there's peace and there's joy found in obedience to God. Today, I believe that when we enter the kingdom of God, there's another level of provision in your life. The kingdom of God is good. It's peaceful and it's full of joy. It's found in obedience to following Jesus. Let me ask you today, have you immigrated yet? Have you gone across the border? You said, no, I'm, a, I'm not a dual citizen anymore. I'm not living here and living there. I'm here. I'm a, I follow you. I accepted your invitation to kingdom. And now you've accepted the invitation. Now it's help me obey. Help me obey, not my will be done. That's why Jesus taught us to pray. When you pray, say, not my will, but your will. Why? Because that's the battle. That's the fight, to stay within the border. It's got not my will, but your will. Jesus is speaking to each and every one of us about our relationships, our private lives, our resources, our futures. He's speaking. The question is, do we obey? When we obey, our obedience unlocks his supply, and there's more than enough today.
Would you all stand to your feet today? We're going to sing the song in a moment, Jairah, as we close today. I want to pray a prayer of obedience today. I'm going to just tell you right now, I'm answering my own altar call right now. There are parts of my life, I have, I'm not living in any secret sin. I'm not cheating on my wife. I'm not doing anything like that. But there are parts of me that I don't want to obey God. Forgive that person. I, I don't want to. They've been really cruel. Get up and serve. I don't want to. I'm tired. I don't want to serve my kids. I don't want to serve my wife today. I need you to just give me this part of your day. I don't want to. There's a really good series on Netflix that I just want to unwind for an hour, which turns into four. Am I the only one? I just, I just, I just want some me time. And God's going, I'm here. And if you spend time with the king, there's no shortage of supply. And what you think you need is a break, but what you need is a filling. What you think you want is something for yourself. What you need to do is give your life away and watch what I will do with your life. And I'm like, I don't want to always obey. That's my battle. I want to pray today that we would be swift to obey. That delayed obedience is disobedience. There's areas of my life where I disobey the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I know this, the supply I need is tied to the obedience he requires. I don't need a vacation. I need to, an immigration. I need to move into the kingdom of God. I want to pray and bless you today. And I believe as we submit to what God's, what's God saying to you? Read, read his word. He'll speak to you. You don't need a preacher or a worship leader in amazing plaid outfits to tell you that today. You need, you need the word of God. Read, read, read Psalms. Read the book of the Bible. Listen to God's voice. He'll tell you what, how to treat your spouse. He'll tell you who to date. He'll tell you who not to date. He'll tell you whose numbers to block on your iPhone. I should do a whole class. You can block people on your iPhone. Who to unfollow in life and social media. Where to spend your money, where to spend your time. He'll tell you. I'm telling you this. Your obedience unlocks his supply. And you watch what God will do. Watch what God will do. Won't he? Won't he bless you? Let's pray. God, I thank you for this church. We come here today, Lord. Many of us with one foot in the kingdom of us and one foot in the kingdom of heaven. And there's a frustration over some of our faith in this room. We feel like we don't have enough time, we don't have enough stuff, we don't have enough peace, we don't have enough goodness, we don't have enough joy. We've even said things like, I don't know if this works. I I, I sing about it on Sunday, I talk about it on Sunday, but I don't feel it on Monday. And I'm asking Holy Spirit that you would right now just encourage us and invite us to obedience. God, we're asking right now that you would forgive us for our disobedience. Some of us, we need to say sorry to certain people. We need to, also, other people we need to remove from our lives. You're asking us to do things. God, would you speak and would our reply be, yes, Lord. For the joy of the Lord of obeying is our strength. And I pray for strength to fill this room. Father, help us in these tough choices. We choose you. We choose the kingdom of heaven. We choose you, Jesus. You're more than enough. In Jesus' name, amen.
his supply. He has more than enough goodness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to bless you today. This week, make those choices. Obey. God is the kingdom of God. You're citizens of heaven. Amen. The coffee is flowing. We pick up your kids. Week three of Borders happens here next Sunday morning. We love you so much. Have an amazing week. God is good.